Right, we're in Salt Lake City, sitting in the Family History Library on the main floor. And I'm here talking with Raymond. We're going to have a little chat just so that um, people can get to know him a little bit before he comes in August for the expo. Okay, so <laughs> we are sitting in Raymond's office as well here in the, in the Family History Library because he works for Family Search. And how long have you been working for Family Search? I have been with Family Search for 18 years. 18 years! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey. Right, yes. <laughs> have you had, um, had any special milestones with your research? Or I guess you, your family had been well researched before you started? I had... Um, so it has been well researched, but I'm finding gaps and holes in my research, especially in, I had a, an English family where um, six of the siblings migrated to the United States, but two stayed behind. And I've had a lot of success um, researching them in England and flushing out those, the, the two brothers who stayed behind and flushing out their families. So. That's good. <laughs> because... Um, that can be quite interesting, finding those families who stayed behind. Yeah. 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 Yes, sometimes we forget about them. And um, what about the DNA? We're sort of hearing all sorts of things with DNA. Have you found any, that it's made any difference to the way you research or the family you're researching? So my own, when I did my own DNA, it was fascinating to see. I found the cousin that my father had that nobody knew existed. And we've been in contact with him and just hearing his story. Um, of, you know, that was fascinating to see how we were connected because he and my, my father were first cousins. Um, but one thing that's been fascinating to see with DNA that I've really seen the benefit in research is, for example, I've, I've had two cousins who were adopted and they went into their DNA test. And then so it's using, so they were able to find... Um, matches so both of them found the biological parent right away right. one found their biological mother the other one found their biological father and then using the records the genealogy records they've been able, with the um their matches they've been able to go down and find the other birth their birth parent by using <sighs> dna plus the records and that's where i've seen this explosion of you know we're using dna and records together yes. to find birth families to connect with, um, you know, families that they didn't know existed. Yes. So it's been fascinating. It is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have our daughter-in-law who's um, is adopted and she, she has adopted brothers and sisters mm. as well. You know, the whole, whole family were adopted, as yeah, it were, all wow. the children. And... Um, my heritage made a big story out of it, you know, these New Zealand siblings, because when her adopted sister did her DNA test, she found she had a, a brother, a half-brother, living mm. within a half an hour's drive wow. in New Zealand. And so my heritage made a bit of a feature about this. Yeah. <laughs> but geez, I just actually had an email from her today because I'd asked her if her birth parents are still alive, and they are, her birth parents are still alive. And then each of those, the two birth parents married and had children mm. and she and her adopted parents separated 
and have remarried and had children. She's actually got six pairs of wow. parents. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So this will happen, I'm sure, to, to other people as well. Yeah. yeah. But there's a, a TV show that we enjoy watching called Relative Race that KBYU does. And a lot of that is where um, these contestants go across America and they and the researchers use DNA in the records and they're connecting with their family, their birth families, their you know family members that left when they were younger and because of DNA they've been able to track them down and it's just been fun to see it's, it's connecting fam living families. Yes. Family history, we do a lot to connect the living and the dead and DNA does that but it's also connecting the living to the living. Yes, it's giving you a chance of finding some living family. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and you, you just sort of try to think how the parents of those children that were given up for adoption would would have felt at the time if they'd realised that in yeah. you know, decades ahead they were going to be able to find yeah. out that they'd given them up for adoption and or adopted children that they had kept quiet about. Yeah. And, yeah. When a lot of them have talked about how their circumstances at the time, they just couldn't take care of the child. And mm -hmm. I remember on, on one of these episodes, the birth mother just said, I was so alone and I didn't have anybody I could turn to mm -hmm. and I, I, couldn't keep, I couldn't keep you. But she said how throughout her life, she has always wondered about that child. Yes. And with, through the DNA and the matching, she was able to find closure to realize that her child had lived a very full life and was happy and so it brought it brought peace and closure to both of them to mm -hmm. find each other yes so, yeah. yes yes for myself i'm trying to use the um i'm trying to create a paper trail to match a dna yeah. trail <laughs> <laughs> so brick walls we that we'd put aside we could bring out now yeah. you know and look at them again and see well is there a way of, of tracing down and getting this dna from this living person and yeah. seeing if it matches with your own yeah yeah so it's um certainly given us a different yeah. way of looking at things yeah so if you you haven't broken any brick walls with your dna or access to all the digital records we have now um so I actually have a brick wall problem uh -huh. that um, it gets chipped away as more and more digital records are available. Um, I've seen chips come off of that brick wall, but it's still, and it's actually a close generation. It was my um, great-grandmother lived a very, she, my, my grandmother lived a very mysterious life. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to, um, you know, get more understanding about her life. But then it was the same with her mother's family. And so I've done a lot. The digital records have helped me do a lot of breakthroughs with my great-grandmother and tracing her and finding her. But she has this sister that whenever I reach out to distant relatives, nobody knows anything about the sister. They just said that she just disappeared. And um, so I was on Family Search one day and I found a digital record that pointed to a marriage I didn't know about. And that gave a lot of good information. But there's still just a lot of holes and nobody knows what happened to her. And she came across the ocean in the 1900s, like 1914. And she, I think she, her, my great-grandmother lived until the 1980s. 
So it's a really good time period full of records. It I just is. can't find where she goes. And I'm getting bits and pieces here and there that I'm trying to put together. And then I'm looking at my DNA matches to see if somebody from that line of the family has also done DNA. And I haven't been able to find Fun. that yet. Yeah. So more and more as records, I'm excited for the 1950 census will be coming out. The... Um, like the 1921 British census will be coming out as well within the next couple of years. Yes. And I'm hoping as more and more records are digitized that it will, I'll be able to find the missing links that I need to put together this brick wall. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's been exciting, but it's also been frustrating because so much more has been available, but I still need to, you know, put more pieces together to... Yes. It's keeping track of what we've done yeah. and what's available yeah. is, is um, one of the tricky things. Yeah. You, you, you give, would you have a lecture on that topic? <laughs> <laughs> I could in the, in the future. I know I'm speaking a lot about the digital records that are available. And I think especially with um, women who marry, the name changes. And so then you've got to – and this, this – my great-grandmother was married multiple times, and her so was her sister. So tracking down in this sense is what surname is she under? Did she go back to her maiden name when her husband passed away before? It's just, that's been the challenge of trying to get that. Yes. And it's human out. nature. I always say to people I'm talking about when they start researching their family, you know, that human nature hasn't changed and there's all yes, sorts of reasons absolutely. why the little white lies yep. and the little black lies, yeah. all sorts of things. I tell the story that maybe there's a couple on the boat going out to New Zealand and they, they just click and you know yeah. they're, they're together and um, the man looks at the woman and thinks, oh, she, you know, I'm from the Ag Labs yeah. <laughs> and she looks as if she might be from the, the manor house. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter to them on the ship. Yeah. Would have mattered if they were still in England. Yeah. It doesn't matter to them on the ship. But he, he looks at her and thinks, I'm not going to say, no, I'm from an Ag Lab family. So he sort of pretends he's from a yeah. better class of family. And then and they get to New Zealand and they stay together and now they're going to get married. And one of the questions on the the um, marriage mm. registration in New Zealand is, you know, your father's occupation. So now does he bring <laughs> out the ag lab? Yeah. <laughs> or is he going to say he's an accountant yeah. or a doctor or something, you see, and that's why. Well, my, my own <laughs> grandmother, on every record that I found about her, she always said she was 10 years younger than she was, consistently. Oh, yes. From when she was 36 or 46, saying she was 36 up until... She remarried for the last time at age 80. And he thought that she was 10 years younger than she was. She was. Yeah. Oh. So a lot of those things you've got to take into account when yes. you're looking at the, the records. Yes. It makes it yeah. such a fascinating hobby. Yeah. It's a wonderful hobby. Yeah. Now, are you, are you quite interested in coming to New Zealand? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm very excited to come to yes. New Zealand. Yes, yes. Uh, I've never been before. No. Um, <laughs> it is pretty special. It's a pretty special country, people, yeah. yeah. And as I mentioned before, my growing up, my neighbor across the street was from New Zealand. And he that was actually my first introduction to New Zealand. And he, um, he was born, he was born and raised there. And um, we learned a lot about the culture. And I loved listening to his stories and his examples. And we had a very good relationship with that family. 
And so that was where my first desire to want to experience New okay. Zealand came from my neighbor. All oh, right. Oh, well, we're glad that we're giving you that, the opportunity to come and looking forward to learning more about family search and, and your other research methods. Yeah. I know I was impressed with your presentation that I saw years ago and it just had a, it was like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be looking forward to hurricanes of fresh air okay, with your yeah. lectures. No, I'm excited for that. Okay, thanks Raymond. Yeah, thank you.